Greetings, Game Cola faithful, and welcome to the Game Cola podcast. This is podcast number 125, and I am your host and podcast commander, Joseph Martin. And I am your friendly neighborhood, John Rizzi. I am a video creator of here for Game Cola. And I am Dan Conlon. I am here too. <laughs> I think you need maybe a little bit more of an introduction. Dan is a new addition to the staff. Uh, he's written a couple of very good articles that you can find on our actual internet website, GameCola.net, um, and you can read them there. Uh, you also have a playthrough in the works in the sense that you've made it, and I just need to approve it and upload it at some point, which may be done by the time this podcast comes out. We're recording a little bit earlier in the month than we usually do, so if we seem extra untimely because <laughs> you know the game cold podcast is known for how timely of a sh- production it is um that that is why um but yeah how's how's everybody doing tonight doing good how you doing yeah okay it's the crowd it's the crowd and the, it's the audience going yeah we're doing great we're kind of sweaty um, all right <laughs> uh so this is a gaming news and discussion podcast, so we're going to... How about some gaming news? Mostly new releases. We're in the sort of the... At the tail end of the summer drought, so we're like right where some of the big name releases are starting to come out. And it's, we're also where a lot of uh, new games are being announced for the fall opposite of a drought. The fall storm, the fall tsunami, the fall... Deluge. Like big big storm, but not like a natural disaster big would probably be the area of metaphor I want to inhabit. I mean I just came <laughs> out of a hurricane, so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, we're off. all safe. This is recorded after the hurricane. We're all safe. Uh I hope you are too. But yeah, uh so let's start. Uh first thing I promised I promised Anna and James I would talk about the sequel to the sequel to Valhalla. It was announced, and I need to find where we wrote down the name. It's 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 because you know Valhalla has the name where it's like Val A, Val like one A Hall A or something. I got it here. It spells the Norse spelling, yeah. N one R V A N N dash A, Nirvana. Right. So it's a it's a sequel. There's not a whole lot of details about it um, yet, but one it is also a bartending game. In uh, Anna seems pretty confident that it was in the same universe. It may or may not be like a direct narrative sequel. It may just be like this is a place game that takes place in the same narrative universe, and there'll be like references, but not necessarily like intertwined plots. We don't know that much about it, but that is that is coming out. That has been announced. I don't know if it's been did the web site that they like say give a release date now uh could you be so kind as to explain to a poor old sap like me what this series is because from what i gather you said it takes place in a bar so right now i'm thinking tapper but in norse mythology visual novel I mean, like ah <laughs> but you're not you're not entirely wrong um so uh <laughs> the, the game takes place in a sort of cyberpunk future where you know you've got people with like technological um modifications you know some people have like cat ears uh stuff like that of course but then also like more like mechanical stuff too i think um and in valhalla specifically i know you play as a bartender in a sort of like seedy alleyway bar 
Um, it's sort of like, there's definitely elements of visual novel in it, in that a lot of it is talking to the customer. So it's sort of like this, at least in the early game, it's this balance of talking to a customer and, you know, your character is like a, like, it's not just you, you play a character who has like a specific personality too, but you are interspersed with talking to these customers and sort of learning about the world and everything. Uh, you are also... Uh, pouring drinks to their specifications. So, like, it's like, give me something this. And so you have to, you know, click, you know, it says, like, add... You're mixing drinks, basically. Okay. Yeah, and so you're mixing drinks and also interacting with this pretty narrative uh, heavy game. It's from... It's not this... I don't think it's the same people, but it is a very similar aesthetic style to what was the name of it it had the it was a murder mystery and you had a little robot character i don't know but that sounds amazing read on 2064 read only memories all right that Um, game it's it's i think there's some references in between but i don't think it's made by the same people so if you're into that that's the thing that's happening um other news uh there was a nintendo direct we used to like cover the big nintendo directs but they're all they're like all big now even the smaller ones. Instead of like having one big one where they announce like a bunch of games, they've just been announcing one or two games in every direct. So we I won't, we won't go into full details, but I think the big ones uh, were ports. Luigi's ma- ports everywhere. Well, there was no. Well, yes, that that's why those were the ones I was going to ignore. <laughs> uh, there are a lot of ports, uh, but the big ones were uh, Luigi's Mansion Three whoop, whoop. and uh, yeah. Animal Crossing for the Switch. Hey, we um, all knew that was coming. Everybody knew that it was probably going to happen eventually, but it's nice to see the 2019 date on it. <laughs> I'm still holding up for F-Zero. They've brought back everything else, so like, <laughs> at this rate... Everything is on Switch except for Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> so Dude, can someone... Even, even Nintendo knew how... Knew, knew how much how hated Final Fantasy VIII was in the main in the, with the was, main fans. I I never even knew that fi- like people didn't like Final Fantasy VIII. It, I knew it was people just at compl- the time though. Like people like it now. Oh, okay. It's like same thing with like uh, Zelda Wind Waker and uh, FF12. I, I was gonna say like every Zelda game before Breath of the Wild. Everyone <laughs> hated it when it came out. Like the opposite of Sonic games, where at first they're like, "This is amazing," and then later like, "Wait." No. <laughs> Wait, we need to actually finish the game. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, you know you don't you don't have to. I love Sonic Adventure 2 and I just played that one shadow, that first shadow level over and over again again and it was a very good game. I loved it. I had a lot of fun. Well, I could listen to City Escape any like over any unfinished level, so it doesn't matter. That can just make anything amazing. Mhm. Mm. So, so that's it. I uh, I think I'm sure we'll hear more about Animal Crossing from the Game Cola podcast in the future, but right now there's not a whole lot to go off of aside from it's coming. It was just a... I don't even think it was an official title screen. It was just like the Animal Crossing logo and the number 2019 below it. Yeah, it almost seemed like an afterthought at the end of the Direct. It's one of those things... I think it was kind of like with when, when they announced Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee and like they had to say like, by the way, we're also working on like uh, the next Pokemon, like, sequel, which I don't think they would have mentioned it were it not for the concern that people had forgotten it, because, uh, Isabel, the, the, one of the Animal Crossing characters, was also confirmed to be a character in Smash Brothers, and so I think it was sort of like, well, we have to say that we're actually working on Animal Crossing, because 
Otherwise, people are going to be really disappointed that it's just Isabelle's in Smash. So I think maybe they, they sort of had their hands tied and probably oh yeah wouldn't have talked about it this early had that not been the situation. That makes sense. But yeah, so that's that. Uh, now, the other really big release that you've probably heard about this month is everyone's favorite superhero, Arachnid Guy. Got a video game. Ant-Man. Ant-Man. <laughs> Everyone's favorite multi, more than four-limbed superhero. Uh, no, Spider-Man. Spider-Man on PS4. Marvel's an exclusive. Spider-Man. Yes. Marvel's, as opposed to the other Spider-Mans. No, there's just so many games just titled Excuse me, just... it's Spider-Man. Thank you. Spider-Man. <laughs> there's so many games just titled Spider-Man. This one, I think the official title for this one is Marvel's Spider-Man. Mm. So I've only heard people talking about it as Spider-Man, PS4. the PS4 Spider-Man yeah. game. Yeah. But it's, it's a... had incredible critical acclaim. Yes, for a very good reason. Uh, I believe I'm <laughs> the only one here that's played it for right now on the cast. Yes. Yep. All right. Yep. My time to shine. No pressure or anything. Um, for people that don't don't know me, I am a huge lifelong Spider Man fan. Like I saw the first mo- I saw the first movie in theaters in two thousand two. I was very young at the time, and I don't know, fell in love with it. I know like so many interpretations. I've seen plenty of the shows, all the good ones, some of the really bad ones, <laughs> and whatnot. And I can and this game, uh, it's amazing. I love. The, the most impressive part about this game is the storytelling, um, because it's takes it takes notes from like the new Tomb Raider era games, uh, Un- Uncharted and whatnot, where ga- where the gameplay is linked to the cutscenes. It's all all the cutscenes are in engine, so it seamlessly transitions into the gameplay. So um, I believe the um, they're officially the opening scene. There's plenty of videos on it on, on YouTube about it, but the but the transitions from gameplay a to to the cutscenes and vice versa really make this game very engaging. It, I, I didn't want to put it down, not just because I'm a fan, but because the storytelling was so solid. I immediately wanted to know, oh, crap, what's the next level going to do? What's the next mission? What's going to happen to Aunt May? What's going to happen to MJ, et cetera, et cetera. Very fun. Um, it takes a lot of notes from the uh, from the Batman Arkham series, if you guys are familiar with that. Mm-hmm. But it adds it adds a flair where, if in the Batman Arkham games, you feel like Batman. You're you're heavy. You're um, you're somewhat slow, but you can also move really fast through the air and whatnot. Spider-Man, of course, is not like Batman. Um, so it takes the gameplay from the Arkham series and makes it faster and more. You feel more agile. You feel like you can dodge five thousand bullets at one at once. You can like take out three guys in one swing. You can web like thing objects in the background, like say like a crane or whatnot. You web down the hook that's attached to it, knock down the three guys that just happen to be standing under it. Um, like, so much environmental stuff. And the open the open world is super detailed. There's, like, from, like, big details to, like, big landmarks, like the Empire State Building, or, like, um, references to other Marvel characters, like Avengers Tower and whatnot. And there's the little details, like the little, like the uh, the rocket launchers, they, uh, if you zoom in with the game's excellent photo mode, you can see um, there's writing on the on the missiles that say "guaranteed to kill spiders." <laughs> so it's little details like that that um, this game is made by Inso- Insomniac Studios, which is uh, the studio responsible for Ratchet and Clank and, uh, and Jet- Spyro and Spyro and Sunset Over- but, Overdrive for the Xbox but One. Yes. Important to note: not 
the Arkham series because yes. I, I think it's important to point out that the the similarity is not one because oh they just you know they made this superhero video game and so they use that to inform the superhero video game. This is something that I think it's important to notice that this is a trend. This this makes it more of a trend now, right? Like yes. instead of there is a series of games, and it'll be interesting to see if like how this style of gameplay is developed because right now it is like Batman Arkham games is oh, yeah. what is the way is the way you described it yes. sort of are we going to have a certain situation where this is like a term like metroidvania where it's a genre of game defined by its original defining games or are people going to come up with a title that's more like descriptive like Probably not this, because it's a little bit more specific, but platformer, first-person shooter, you know, stuff like that. I I can definitely see it becoming more of a Metroidvania-type thing. Yeah, like, because it's been considered Arkham-style for years now. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I figure at this point, there'd be... I I can't really see the name changing much. I mean, it's certainly possible, but the way it is now... Are there other high-profile games, aside from, obviously, the Arkham ones... Uh, that fall into the Arkham style, though. I would kind of put maybe the two, the new Tomb Raider games in that style, but the, but it also has a lot of narrative stuff that the Arkham games hasn't hasn't done. Probably Horizon Zero Dawn. I would say it has a has a feel to it. It's not. I'm not saying it's a carbon copy or the, the ex, that exact type of game, but it feel it feels a lot like it. Uh, uh, I think it also depends on. How you define the Arkham style? Because for me personally, it's the uh, the combination of the open world traversal and the battle system, or the the uh, fighting mechanics. Yes, because I believe when Arkham Asylum came out, everyone called it a 3D Metroidvania. Huh. Uh, really? That. That's pretty cool, actually. Yes. That's inter- that's an interesting kind of comparison. makes sense too. Yeah, because you're in this enclosed environment and you can literally walk around the walk around the asylum at any time. Like you're oh, free right. Room. You have free room throughout. Mm-hmm. That was uh, a little. That was more before it was like. Yeah. I guess. I guess it was more before it was like open, open. Like it was open world in the sense that you could, you know, go places. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like open world in the sense that like Spider Man is, where it's like a city and you can like. There's no ceiling, so yeah. you can go. You can go anywhere. Whereas in a, if you're the first game, I imagine was in more of an enclosed environment where there you had to take specific paths to get places. Yes, very true. Also, um, for the record, I'd like to point out that um, Batman Arkham Asylum took the counter-dodge system from Spider-Man to the game, so I like to think that series has gone full circle with these two right. going back and forth. <laughs> yeah. But um, honestly, though, um, the game that I would feel like is more of a carbon copy of the Arkham games is the Amazing Spider-Man game from 2012, based on, the, based on that movie. You like it that much, huh? N- no! No! <laughs> <laughs> No, that is that is the definition of a mediocre game. <laughs> oh God, no! Uh, the sequel was <laughs> five times amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> the, the sequel was a thousand times worse. But oh my, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that game that felt like that honestly felt like Batman. It like you, you were Spider-Man, of course, but you felt heavy. You you didn't feel as agile. Yes, he did like agile things, but you didn't feel like you controlled it. It just felt like I hit the counter button. He did like five flips. I'm like in this in Spider-Man PS4, you can tr- you pretty much control like what he like what he does for. It feels like you're doing it manually. Like any tricks or ag- or agile things, you 
you feel like you're doing it manually. Like um, the dodge system, like if you just if you just do dodge someone's fist, you'd be like, whoop, incoming, and then and then you hit the counter button right after. It's like it feels seamless, but if you hit the count the uh, dodge button at the perfect time, it goes in the slow mo. And you if you hit the counter button at the same time, he he'll like web them up and like in the slow mo, and it feels like you have full control over what you're doing at all times. Hmm. Because I know one of the criticisms of Arkham style games is like, uh, what was this? I had the term in my head. It's like that thing, like when you're when you're fighting and the game like just sort of slides you around enemies. So like basically, like you're pressing buttons to like punch and kick, and the the game is just like you're not like moving the analog stick or anything. The game is just moving you from enemy yeah. to enemy, so that you're so it's basically like you're you're like batman and you're just punching the air and the game is just like putting you in front of bad guys as you're punching oh yeah um is that sort of mitigated in this or is it sort of the same thing um if you want to dodge in a certain direction you have to push the analog stick in that certain direction and there's so this game has so many enemies like coming at you at once so you have to really think about like okay do i want to dodge to the right if i do i'm gonna have to dodge enemies four five and six but if i would dodge to the left i only have to dodge another one or i can easily counter the guy i'm dodging right now so it's like looking at it it doesn't look like strategy it just looks very fluid but while you're playing it you're like okay i have to go here wet that guy wet that guy i right, punch that guy in the face throw that guy off the building don't worry he's not gonna die <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah literally every time you throw a an enemy off a building in this game, which is something I always like to do in a Spider-Man game, even though it breaks character. But when you throw an enemy off a building, he, no matter like how you do it, he always just gets webbed to the nearest wall. Nearest wall. <laughs> it's like a web just <laughs> comes out of him and he gets hooked up to the wall. Like if the fall, if the fall isn't going to kill him, the web dissolving after like an hour will probably kill him. <laughs> <laughs> so no more pile drivers off the Empire State Building like in Spider-Man 2. No, unfortunately, no. <laughs> I guess some small nitpicks I have is that there's no fall damage. So like you could like I can jump off the Empire State Building, land land on the street below and I'd be and the the most that would happen is that Spider-Man would land and the street would crack. <laughs> but but he would be <laughs> fine. And um you can't go to Liberty or Ellis Island, which I thought they would do, but no. Keeping up the tradition where the only Spider-Man game you can do that is Spider-Man 2. Well, there's always DLC. Oh, no. Yeah, and sequel. <laughs> yes, it makes me it makes me really wonder what they're going to do with the sequel. Probably add add subways and uh, obviously like uh, probably the sewer system if they're going to go the lizard route again. But uh, yeah. Here's my pitch. Yes, the DL sequel. No, isn't that what Saints Row Four did? <laughs> probably. I was thinking about something because when you were talking about like other games that are sort of like Arkham style. You mentioned Horizon Zero Dawn, and I'm not sure I agree with that. Not as like a, oh, yeah. not as like a. How dare you? How dare you put that in that category? Just like uh, from what I've seen of Horizon Zero Dawn, one of the biggest things that I would say separates it is that the game is super focused on resource collection mm -hmm. and crafting to a fault. I would say yeah. <laughs> there is stuff. Yeah, no, Everywhere. <laughs> I, I hesitated when I mentioned Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay. I was thinking, like, in terms of combat and, like, and open-world exploration, but, like, the game I would compare mostly to Horizon Zero Dawn would be, like, Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. But that would be the really most... really interesting, because 
I was playing Breath of the Wild at the same time I was watching a friend play Horizon Zero Dawn, and it was very interesting to me. I think I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast before. It was very interesting to me, the, the parallels of how things worked. Like, because in both games, you're exploring an open world, and you're, like, collecting resources and crafting them. But I would say the biggest difference was that in Horizon Zero Dawn, it's, there's so much stuff. And Zelda, even though you're, you're collecting a lot of stuff, it's a lot more streamlined. And there's a lot, I feel like there's a lot less garbage. There's still garbage. There's still like a bunch of items where it's like, I've had these and I have 20 of them and I've never used a single <laughs> one. But I feel like there's, I mean, like, I was only near, the end of the game before I started, like, filling up and, like, needing to clear space in my inventory. And I didn't have that big of an inventory. Like, you don't have that much space in your inventory. Whereas in Horizon Zero Dawn, like, even at the very beginning of the game, you're constantly, like, you can only carry 20 of this thing. (laughs) That bugged me in it, yeah. So that was one of the things. What was the other game that you said? I forget. Uh, the Tomb Raider games. Right. I had an opinion about that too, yeah. but all I remembered was that I had an opinion about the other game that you said. Because I've <laughs> always heard Tomb Raider games compared more to, um, Un- like the Nathan Drake. Yeah, Uncharted. Uncharted. That one. I would, yeah, I would call, I compared it to, in to, to Tomb Raider in more of the set of more of the collect-a-thon on an open world and stealth missions, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. Because that one... Hmm? The combat's very gun, right? Yeah, it's very running like it's, gun. Yeah, because I think even at the beginning, she like you start with like a bow and arrow, and then you, you oh, get yeah. guns from the enemies, which is not really a bat. Like I think I feel like the whole point of like the Batman and Spider Man, this Arkham style, as it were, is like it's very focused on punching, like close yeah. combat, running up to people, punching and dodging, rather than like the sort of cover uh base systems of of like you know uncharted and tomb raider and then uh, like there's no you don't have i mean i guess you do have like you can shoot people with web but like i feel like the only ranged man maybe this isn't correct but it seems to me like the only ranged stuff that you would do in spider-man would just be to instigate a conflict Sort of like the equivalent of hitting an enemy with a hammer in Paper Mario, and that gives you a free hit at the beginning of the battle. <laughs> sort of like that, where like it can give you like a momentary advantage at the beginning, but like the you can't fight an entire combat encounter at range. It feels like in that style. Even though I still haven't played Spider Man, uh, there is a another parallel, as flimsy as it is, where to Tomb Raider, where you can sort of start off each encounter or most encounters. Uh, with a stealth thing, uh, you can sort of take out a few of them, thin their numbers a little bit before taking on a few on more than one person at once. And like uh, that, like that's something that like Uncharted didn't do at least not until four. But like I know Spider Man has that, and well, I mean I figure we're drawing parallels to Tomb Raider. And I know like the stealth mechanics in Spider Man are bare bones from what I hear, but yeah. they get the job done. Yeah, I was going to say the stealth in Spider Man PS4. Like it's another thing I kind of complain about because it's fun. It's like it's it's decent stealth missions, but there's not a lot of variety, so it, they just mm-hmm. get really redundant after a while. Actually, um, another game I would compare is most like Ar- Arkham style. Is I'm not sure if you played it, but there was a Mad Max game that came out not too not too long ago. I and, have it in my Steam library. Still haven't played it yet, though. Yeah, that game is very Arkham style. Big open world, close quarters combat, 
uh, counter dodge system that is very Arkham Light, and also has a lot of resource collecting, like 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 Tomb Raider and Horizon and and whatnot. So a lot of the same games coming out lately. <laughs> I guess I guess it's not the res- that resource collecting. And I'm evolving my opinion as we talk about this, mm-hmm. but I feel, I guess, like, it's not that resource collecting is, like, oh, if there's tons of, like, resource collecting, like, Breath of the Wild, Horizon, Zero Dawn, it's not Arkham style. But I feel like it, it really needs to have that, like, close quarters, physical combat style primarily. Maybe even, like, not using weapons, or not using, like, a a specific like not no weapons right because like batman and spider-man have like gadgets and stuff yes, they do. but i mean like not fighting with a sword or uh an axe like i feel like god of war probably wouldn't fall into this because like the i but i don't know like maybe maybe that is similar because you you are fighting close combat and just because someone's holding a thing in their hands does that make it no longer but i feel like it, and part of it is like not necessarily like a strict definition to to result, but more like what is the what are the qualities of a game that will make people say, make consumers say, "Hey, this is a lot like Batman Arkham," because that's what happened with Spider Man. Yeah. Like that's the main thing people like people say that, and that's both what that's both like a common thing like. A lot of gamers like to point that out with other games, but I think it's mostly a conception of the Marvel versus DC fan backlash that like a lot of people like to do. Comparisons that a lot of people like to do. But, again, it's like Marvel and DC have been going at it for since their conception. So, yeah. so uh, to compare these two, it, it is fair. It is a fair comparison since they're both, they're both practically the same kind of company. But, again, they're all, they all have their own things. Like, let's say, like, DC is about... The heroes in DC are about gods becoming human, with say for Batman, while Marvel is about uh, humans becoming gods, say for except except for Thor or some, someone like that. But yeah, no, like every every superhero has their own thing. I'm sure if they made a sup- if they made a Superman game now, obviously they would they would probably have like some kind of counter dodge system. But let's say like a twist on it would be like in the air, so it it would it would feel like a cor- close quarters com- combat system. But say like you're in the air, you're fighting like people that are flying like three miles away, but you're still I don't know. I'm just spitballing here for right now. That's <laughs> that's the problem with flying is that once one person f- can fly. Everybody has to yeah. be able to fly because, like, imagine any situation where you have a fight where one person can fly and the other person can't. Like, it, it, no contest. There's no like the other person can always leave. Like that's the thing. Like as soon as you start to lose, it's like cool. I'm out. Like I don't. I don't need to be here anymore if I'm losing. And if I and I'm still. I mean, you know the perpetual high ground. So I think that, that would be that would be my concern. I have the really, the, really, really high ground. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna punch you from all the way up here. <laughs> um but yeah, it's like that that would be my concern with like trying to bring it to Superman is that like you're gonna have every single enemy be able to fly. Because that's the only way that this is gonna work. Cause other because like the thing with Spider Man is kinda like while he's swinging around, like, you know, his, you know, one to three limbs are <laughs> occupied uh, with that particular task. So you can't really be doing much fighting while you're while you're doing your the movement that the bad guys don't have. 
Whereas opposed to someone who can just be like, I'm going up now. <laughs> I'm going to not be down anymore. Uh, and you're just going to have to deal with that. There was a Spider-Man game, uh, Spider-Man Web of Shadows, that came out in 2008, I believe. Where you're, uh, you can literally do a swinging kick. And you can do it in this game, but it's not as powerful. But the swinging kick in Web of Shadows was literally like, I see a cluster of enemies right down there to complete this crime event. I literally just swing down. Get them all with one swing and kick and just continue <laughs> swinging the way I was. Here, you can only swing kick one enemy at a time. But you can't do it while you regular swing. And you have to hit the combat button while you're in the air to do it. But yeah, it's not the same like in and out combat system as Web of Shadows was. Which is a very fast-paced game. And that, that gameplay, I, I, I really like. But it, I, even I will be the first to admit, it's very redundant. And it gets really old really fast. But it is fun. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, yes, the web swinging in Spider-Man PS4. It's momentum-based. A lot of people have been claiming for that since uh, Spider-Man 2, which personally I find... I've When I when Spider-Man 2, the game, came out, I really wanted to play it, but I only had a PC. And if you know anything about the PC version of Spider-Man 2, the game, it is it was not marketed at all to be the same exact game as the console version. Instead, it was a dumbed-down like kid, kid's game. I think, is that the one where it has, like, the, the Stan Lee tutorials where it's like, no, no. press the press the W button to walk forward. Tutorial complete! <laughs> um, it wasn't Stan Lee, it was Bruce Campbell's voice. But, <laughs> oh. but um, yeah, no, it's like the web swing in that game, you could only web swing to these web icons that were strewn throughout the city. It was I was so disappointed as a kid. So yeah, I never played the real Spider-Man 2, the game, until... It was after I played Web of Shadows, so I would say like 2009-ish. But yeah, no, um, I find I personally find the web swing environment to the game. It's it's addicting. It's fun to travel around and especially to catch up speed and whatnot. But it's still very clunky in terms of like traversal and animations and whatnot. So when everyone says, "Oh, I wish it was like Spider-Man 2," it's like, no, you don't. You wish it was better than Spider-Man 2, but look. But look better because if you look back at it now, it's still fun. But I don't think it's age well compared to games like the web swinging in Web of Shadows or Ultimate Spider-Man, or wow, there's a lot of Spider-Man games. But yeah, no, I personally think Web of Shadows has the best web swinging. But that game is such a mess, like overall, that it kind of deter, it kind of takes away from that. As long as it's not like Spider-Man Three, I'm perfectly happy with. But yeah, and Spider-Man PS4, it's you can. It seems slow at first, but you pick up speed over time. And it's weird because the game has a fast travel option where you can literally ride the subway to get to get where you have and has a little cute loading screen of Spider Man riding the subway interacting with people on on, on the train car. I saw that. I love that. It's adorable. But it's still kind of redundant because like I feel like this game shouldn't need to have a fast travel option because I know there's some people that don't have a lot of patience, but Web swinging is so much fun in this game that you would rarely use it. And I have my roommates that literally all they do is just web swing around. They even, like, ignore the crimes and people screaming for help <laughs> right below them. They're just like, I'm having too much fun doing swan dives off of Avengers Tower and, what, and whatnot. I've, I've seen a couple of clips of people, like, going through certain, like, side story missions. And so, like, while they're doing it, they're like obviously they're trying to do it as fast as possible, so they only go like event to event. And <laughs> as they're going, you just hear people like help someone. <laughs> you see like three different instances. They're like, I guess, I guess <laughs> that's not the priority right now. Wow, that car crash um, looks nasty. 
Wee! <laughs> so yeah, you were talking about how like the move, just moving around in the game is fun because mm-hmm. that remi- that reminds me a lot of Mario Odyssey, where like one time I was like just showing someone like the game and like this is this is what the game is like and this is how, this is like what you would be doing playing it and I have ended up just sort of like after that I was done showing it to them I was just like running around the first <laughs> real world just sort of like jumping around and like just going to different places because it's just so fun to move in that game and if you can make your game fun to just do like not even like complete the challenges and I mean I'm not saying that like every game needs to be like this because like that obviously that won't work in like a tactics game right like Mm -hmm. the tactics game is selecting squares and there's only so good you can make selecting squares (laughs) feel but like if you can get a game to feel good to just do without any objective being given to you that will carry you very far and you might not even like you can say like maybe the encounters and the engagement of like specific like on paper might be like this looks kind of boring i'm beating up a criminal for the 1500th time (laughs) but because just moving around in the game is fun it doesn't matter that that part is repetitive because you sort of you might reverse the dynamic of getting from place to place you're trapped instead of traveling from interesting point to interesting point you could end up with a situation where (laughs) the (laughs) What is it, what is it that they say? It's not the journey. It's not the destination. It's the journey. It's the journey. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Spider Man really em- emphasizes that to a fault. Yeah, because like I said, my roommates play it all the time, but I'm just like, wait, you missed that fri- important important side quest, or like, oh, there's a little backpack you can collect. Wait, no, and like, I have to think. Ah, oh, crap. Now I have to go back over there and whatnot. But yeah, traveling is so much fun, and the world. It, it's pretty much just Manhattan, per, except for, like, whatever's north of 32nd Street um, above Harlem, because apparently that just doesn't exist in this in the Marvel world. It's literally just water where that is. But uh, if you know New York at all, one time I was just swinging around, and I was just like, I wonder if they have, like, the Ghostbusters building here. And sure enough, I go to the exact place in New York where it, where it is. I see the building. I was like, oh, that's cute. And then I walk around to the back, and I see a third party like drawing of Slimer on the back. I'm like, oh that's so good. <laughs> it's, I'm like I love it. And the the bowl that's on Wall there's a golden bull statue on Wall Street and it was replaced in this game it's replaced with um, a golden statue of Lockjaw from in from the Inhumans comic book series. <laughs> like, oh, like little details like that I just love. I love I love that that stuff so much. There's obviously a lot of parts of New York where they get wrong. Like, the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Bridge area is so wrong. Uh, World Trade Center area is wrong. But, oh, God. The game's so much fun. It's like, it can't do everything, right? <laughs> right. I've only been to New York a, a few times. But uh, even watching, like, a trailer or something or, like, a gameplay video, I actually saw a place that I recognized there. Like, a little circular area by Central Park where I picked up an Uber. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, yeah. New York is probably one of the most re- video game... I wonder, like... I'm sure, like, if you had the time, you could do, like, some sort of, like, meta-analysis of, like, every single representation of New York mm. over the years. Because I feel like of all the cities, that is the one that has been most recreated in video games. Absolutely. 
what but one thing I would like I think this is probably like the most accurate representation, like architectural wise, because in previous games, like especially like previous Spider Man games, each building was literally like a block. It was like, okay, there's building here, building here, let's let's recreate the street the streets and whatnot, not care about the buildings. In this game, every building has their own unique shape and their own unique structure. Like there's not like in say like in Web of Shadows, like literally the same block would have this the like eight like lock of the same locksmith companies in this game in spider-man ps4 no two areas look alike despite it being a city and i find that like super impressive like and if i like and there's a lot going on too like the pedestrians if you like swing down the pedestrians will either react like hey spider-man looking good looking good and, and whatnot and like some will come up to you if you hit triangle you can like give them a high five shake their hand and whatnot. If you <laughs> if you go to um, the Harlem area, and there's like a bunch of basketball courts, you see a bunch of NPCs just playing a game of basketball, uh, and you can just watch them. I, I haven't tried to get in their way yet. I'll probably go go back and do it and see what happens. There's so much going on in this game. Like even even there's like crime events going on that aren't on your map. Like I would just swing into an area and be like, oh my god, there was a car accident here, but the cop but but the cops are already there, so the situation would already be handled. And I went back to that same area later, and it was it was completely fine. So there's random events that generate within the city where you can just the city is constantly changing, is what I'm saying. It just makes me it's just so impressive the attention to detail Insomniac had had for this game and all the love they've had for the for the character just shows. So what you're saying in summation is that Spider-Man for PS4 is a very good video game. Yes. It is a very, <laughs> it is a very good video game that warms my heart and is my favorite Spider-Man game to date. Would you say it is spectacular? Amazing, 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 spectacular, mm. sensational. The ultimate Spider-Man game. <laughs> Marvelous. And that's pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think we've quite covered Spider-Man. Thank you, John. Yeah. Um, that was very in-depth. Uh, so you can check out Spider-Man on PS4. It's probably like, was it $60? Yes. Uh, $60 okay. full retail price. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What, how long does it take for, before? I, I would recommend getting it at full, at full price. They give you a lot of bang for your buck. But, um, I will say it is easy to 100% the game. Mm-hmm. As, uh... I mean, yeah, it's like, I mean, any game where it's like, you can recommend, like, recommend getting it at full price is not, if you see it for less, don't buy it. John said full price, and it's $55, so I can't buy it, because he said it's only worth it if you get it at full price. No, I didn't say it's only worth it, I said it is worth it. If it's on sale, then by all means, you better get that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long it takes games. The, with, as digital distribution becomes bigger and bigger, like, the idea of a used games market becomes less and less of a factor because i feel like that's why most games prices would go down over the years is because like to basically compete with resales of the game so like saying like so it's not instead of oh i could pay twenty dollars for a used copy or sixty dollars for a new copy it's oh i could pay twenty dollars for a used copy or thirty dollars for a new copy Mm -hmm. whereas if you're if you're you know selling a used game like immediately after a game comes out it's like, well, this isn't going to be... Because the idea is that the person like got their worth out of it, and then that's why the cost went down. But if you just buy a game 
No one's going to just buy a game and then sell it back for less. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I think because of that, I think it takes longer. Because I've definitely seen games where it's like, these games are like three years old and they're still full price or maybe $10 off. And the only reason that the prices would go down would be if the game just didn't sell well initially, even. Mm-hmm. Um, it also depends on rarity of the game, how many were produced. Because I know Nintendo likes to keep their games like limited to a certain number of units. That's why, li- right? But again, mm-hmm. with digital distribution, like that's not. There's no limit. Like as True. many people can. Like, like, yes, if you want a physical copy, there's limited of that, but because there's so many people getting digital that those shorted... Now, there, is there a lot of other physical media that Nintendo produces that is very often not in stock? Amiibos, yes. yes. <laughs> um, I just want Mostly by, by design. Um, but, like, yes, in general. So, like, yeah, like, hardware and stuff, like, absolutely. Though I feel, I don't remember, actually, but I feel like the Switch was pretty, like, demand was met pretty much. Right, because they didn't, they they released it in an, an off time. Yeah. So that all the, so that they had, instead of one time, like, it's, the Wii was a disaster. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, that was a, like, that was a mm, painful the, process. Because it came out, like, in the Christmas season, and so it was just, you just couldn't get it. I mean, I know that was one of the main reasons we didn't get a Wii for an entire year. We didn't want to deal with the hassle of trying to find one. And by the time a year went by, it wasn't that hard. It wasn't as hard to get one. Yeah, I remember um, uh, Super Smash Bros. for Wii U came out. You couldn't find a GameCube adapter anywhere. But lo and behold, Mm -hmm. a year later, I found one in my local GameStop, 20, 20 bucks, and I bought that immediately. And now I'm seeing them everywhere. Same with, um, I had a similar thing when Majora's Mask 3D came out, because, um, only, my local stores, I think, only got, like, four copies, like, opening day, because, like, some people, like, some people pre, like, two people per store, like, pre-ordered it, and then they got two to to just sell. Luckily, I got there early, and I managed to get my hands on one, but, oh my god, I cannot imagine (laughs) the demand process for for that. Even, like, used games at GameStop right now, like, I think, like, Kirby's Return to Dreamland for the Wii is still, like, 50 bucks. Like, a used copy of that. Along with, like, the original Zeta Blade and other Nintendo-exclusive Wii games. Except oh, for... I had except for time. Except for Metroid Other M. That's still 8 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I had such a tough time getting Xenoblade a few years ago. I had to, like, search within, like, 15, 20 miles for all the GameStops around just to find one of them ahead in stock used for 60 bucks. Yeah, yeah, because back then Xenoblade didn't have the like, because I think it was with that game where it sort of entered the American mainstream a lot more. I mean, especially ever since Shulk ended up in Smash, like that's oh, course, a big yeah. signal boost to every to anything. But like, I feel like that was around the time where Z- the upswing on Xenoblade was just beginning. Mm-hmm. Similar thing, like I I would not be I would say that like one of the biggest reasons that Fire Emblem had a big upswing was because it was. When the 3DS came out and Nintendo dropped the price pretty early on in the system's life, to make it up to the people who bought it early, they've released uh, several games on their virtual console. Like, twenty, you got 20 free games from the virtual console that included 
NES games and Game Boy Advance games. Yeah. And one of the Game Boy Advance games was the Fire Emblem Game Boy Advance game. And I am, like, reasonably sure that that is why the series has gotten a lot more attention in recent years. Like, there's always been a cult, been a cult following. But, like, it, they've been in Smash Brothers. Melee came out long before the 3DS did. But I feel like people got into the series. I feel like that got a lot of people into the series. Yeah, because even, like, after, like, they appeared in Melee and Brawl, like, I believe the Fire Emblem game for Wii is still incredibly hard and really expensive expensive to find. But, um, like, like mm-hmm. Fire Emblem Awakening and all the 3DS ones are a dime a dozen, I would say, right now. But because there's that many units of them. Yeah, I would, I agree, I would agree with that. Uh, because, yeah, the 3DS was really popular when it came out. And a lot of people bought it at a full price. And then it's like, oops, well, you shouldn't have done that for full price if we're lowering the price this early. So they gave them all the free games. Mm-hmm. And a, that's a lot of people mm-hmm. playing the Game Boy Advance Fire Emblem game. I played it when it, when I got it. Yeah, I liked it a lot, but it it's not my favorite kind of gameplay, so I didn't get I didn't get into the rest of the series personally. But yeah, I, I was I had already played um, Advance Wars when I was younger, and that was like the same style of game, but more of the kind of gameplay of a tactics game that I wanted. I didn't want it to make me feel bad for having units die because I didn't want to be ex- expected to play perfect every game perfectly and save scumming and basically. In Advanced Wars, they 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 specifically go out of your way to make you not feel bad by like hiding all of the units, like in in especially the enemy units. And the enemy units, you can't see any people in them, <laughs> so that you don't feel bad about blowing them up. All right, I can't hold back anymore. I need to talk about the Mega Man demo. I need to. <laughs> I have a fundamental burning in my heart, and I need to talk about. This great demo that came out. That concludes. Oh, it's so. That concludes. So good. That concludes the uh, spectacular Spider Cast. We're now going on to the Super Fighting Robot <laughs> Mega Cast. We're going back to your regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> Joseph talking about Mega Man. It's so good, you guys. It's. I'm so. I, I'm. This is making me very excited. The new mechanics flow really well. Like I always knew that it was going to be okay because they were optional. Cause like you, you you don't you can it's a button that you have to press to activate them. So like the, in the in the new Mega Man game, there you there's this double gear system, and that's sort of like the the thing, the gimmick of the game. Um, you press the right trigger, you can slow down time for a little bit, and there's like a little bar that like in, steadily increases. So that's like that's how long you can use it. And if you overuse it, then you can't use the ability for a while. And there's another one that does power. The power is mainly used to power up your special weapons. You can also use it for the buster, but the Mega Buster, it, you get just as much power out of it by slowing down time and pressing the button really fast because <laughs> you, you just get more volume of shots in the time. But it flows really well in the gameplay. It's a great way to sort of like take a challenge and like you can, it can try to hit you with a hard challenge and you can use that so that you can have more time to understand what's happening. And then from that, you know, as you, when you, like, you know, if you die later in the stage, then when you come back, you probably won't use that because now you understand, like, there's a falling block section where, like, the first time I went through it, I was spamming slow motion, like, constantly because it's all of these falling blocks on conveyor belts. But then once I sort of figured out how everything worked and understood the pattern, every time I went back, I didn't use it because why would you go slower on purpose if you can do it faster? 
and consistent without dying. So like the the ebb and flow of that is really good because like there's sort of like this idea of like people will take the easiest path provided to them, but it's sort of mitigated by the fact that the easiest path also significantly slows things down. Um, so you won't, it, you're not as incentivized to spam it because it slows things down if you're trying to, you know, move through the game at a reasonable pace. So that was fun. Uh, the, 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 the new weapon selection where you can kind of, you can take the right, the, or the left stick and just point it in whatever direction the weapon you want. That's really fluid and seamless and really good. Cause it also has like, there's always been the L and R thing where you can, you can hit the other lnr buttons to like cycle through the weapons that you have but this is this is like you know if you could once you memorize everything it's it makes like switching between weapons really fluid and it's really cool the other thing that i noticed while playing is that they changed they made this subtle thing with the slide which i really like um i only noticed it because i was messing around in the slow motion but so like in Mega Man, ever since Mega Man 3, and then if you skip 9 and 10, because they were weird, um, if you press down and jump, you slide. So you, you're basically, your hitbox is half, and you go faster for a little bit. What you can do, first of all, you can jump out of the slide, which is not something that you could do in every Mega Man game. There are some where if you press the A button after you've been sliding, you still won't jump. You have to wait for the full slide to complete. So you can jump out of a slide. The other thing you can do is you can stop sliding. You can, st like, I, I guess, like, you could do this in, in Mega Man, in other Mega Man games too, but, like, the way the animation works, like, you you slide and then you hold the other direction and, like, you'll still, like, kind of slide, but then Mega Man will, like, sort of turn around. It's hard to describe, but it, fe it like, the animation is really fluid and it feels really good. Even if you could do that in the other games, like, in the other games, what would happen is you'd just stop. But, like, it feels like you're moving, like, it feels very fluid of you're sliding in one direction and then you're turning around and walking in the other direction. I don't know. It just feels really good. And it's hard to explain. You have to turn around in a slide in the demo. It's free on the Nintendo Switch and I think on other platforms, too. It came out on the Nintendo Switch first and then it came out on the other platforms the next day. I think you can get it on PS4 and Xbox. Um, so try it. It's very good. It's very good. But it's coming out October 2nd. I'm really excited about it. You should be excited about it too. Buy it so they make more. That's the end of my the, my story on, on the demo. I just needed to talk about that. It's very important to me. Mega Man! Dan, would you like to go on a rant about a uh, favorite video game you've played lately? <laughs> well, I mean, I haven't really been playing much new stuff lately. I've been going through the Mass Effect series again, but uh, that's just kind of a yearly thing I do. It's not like, uh, I gotta play this again. It's just, eh. <laughs> it's my obligatory thing. Where are you right now in your replaythrough? Right now, I've been spending the past three days installing and reinstalling three because I was, I, for some reason, keep modding it incorrectly. What are you trying to mod in? Well, a bunch of things, but mainly, like, uh, expanded galaxy mod, which adds, like, a bunch of different, a bunch of new small content to sort of flesh out the world. And, uh, a texture mod, which basically makes most of the textures higher resolution. And I installed them in the wrong order, so I had to reinstall the entire game. And then I didn't reinstall everything. Uh, I didn't uninstall it correctly somehow, because that's a thing, I guess. And uh, when I tried to reinstall everything, it said, you didn't do that right. So I'm back at square one again. <laughs> 
I have only dabbled in the modding of video games because of this exact situation being my greatest fear. <laughs> Honestly, this is the first time it's happened. I like I I've modded Skyrim tons of times and never had any issues. I I mean most most of the time I understand it's not a rational fear. I want to point out this is a completely irrational fear. It's not like I'm bad with computers or anything. My pretty much all of my job and school is computers. I just don't trust, for some reason, I just don't trust myself for this sort of thing. And so the most modding I've ever done is, like, some tiny mods on the Stardew Valley. I don't even really like putting texture packs on Minecraft, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> but, I mean, I've played, I've played mod packs of Minecraft, but that's different because they, they do all the modding for you, and you just hit go, and that's, that's the whole thing. <laughs> so I don't think that counts. I think I've only, like, exclusively modded Star Wars games in my time. <laughs> the first game I modded was uh, OG Battlefront 2, not the new one. Nice. But, yeah, I remember, like, the extreme pack where you get to play as, like, a bunch of, like, cool new characters and whatnot. And then I modded uh, Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2. Uh, mainly for, oh, I did that all the time. Mainly for compatibility stuff, but um, I also did, a, like, a lot of textures and, like, new items and, and whatnot. But yeah, because I was playing it on Windows Vista, and they were not very compatible with that. So I, uh, yeah. I originally had to download some like fan-made patches or mods for it to have it run right. But yeah, those are like the only games I've ever modded and successfully done. I tried modding Marvel Ultimate Alliance, and that and I don't think that turned out well. But yeah. Yeah. See, when I modded Kotor, I was the I was that kind of person who added like gun swords and Buster swords from Final <laughs> Fantasy. Of course. That's that. John, have you been playing any games aside from Spider-Man, or has that been pretty much it? Uh, actually, I haven't been on the podcast in a while, but um, obviously I got a PS4 recently. So, so. Yo, yes, <laughs> I didn't know that you did not have one before. Yeah. So yes, that is an update. Yeah. Um, I think I, people might have been able to reverse engineer Sherlock Holmes, that sort of situation. Fine, de but, fine uh, deduction, Watson. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I've been playing a lot of PS4 games. I got uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider. I got um, Mortal Kombat X, Street Fighter V, and uh, the new and the remake of Shadow of the Colossus, all of which I've been playing a lot with my roommates. Having a lot of fun with all of that. Um, I was shocked by how short the story mode was for Mortal Kombat X, because I want to get Injustice 2, but, that, but right now I want to get the Legendary Edition with all the DLC, because, of course. But, <laughs> but um, I saw, I watched the uh, story mode for Injustice 2, and I was like, oh, maybe more, probably Mortal Kombat X is the same thing because it's the same studio that made it and whatnot. It is absurdly short. Like, like when it ended, I thought it was the halfway point of the game. <laughs> yeah, so since then, I'm hankering even more for Mortal Kombat 11, which I'm still disappointed was not announced at E3. Well, you only have to wait, what, uh, eight more months? Until the next uh, E3, they could announce and find and find out. They could announce it at like PlayStation PlayStation Experience or PAX or whatnot, but I don't know. Still waiting. MK11, let's go, baby. Damn, we covered the games that you've been playing in recent times, right? Um. Well, I did. Uh, I don't think it's on the site yet, but I did cover. Uh, did talk about uh that uh this one Tales game, Tales of Zillia Two. I'm not sure if it's. Uh, I wrote about it on the site. I don't think it's been published yet. That's pretty much well, the only well, other. What thing is that? What is that game? And... Tell tell us about it. How many tales? Is well, it like? I'm... Is it like? <laughs> All right. Tales from Sonic, where there's two tails. Is it the nine-tailed fox? 
Well, how many tails? There sounds like tails are pretty important. All right, sure. Let's add <laughs> this out a bit. Sure, why not? All right. So I'm, I've always been into JRPGs, Japanese RPGs like Final Fantasy and whatnot. And the Tales series is, in my opinion, kind of better than Final Fantasy. At least over, like, if you take how much I've enjoyed each game. And I've been playing, I played uh, one of them called Tales of Zillia. It's pretty standard as far as those games go. Good characters, good story, and uh, the sequel, it's interesting, you get a new character, a new player character, who is mute, and is basically like a Mary Sue, or <laughs> Gary Stu, whatever the male version of that is. When you first start, you're like, oh great, it's gonna be like, you're gonna be the savior of the world, and all these, all the characters from the first game are gonna fawn over you and everything. The chosen one! Funny thing is, that's exactly what happens, and I loved it. <laughs> I mean, spoiler alert, but uh, but it's actually really cool because the second game adds a social element where you talk to each of the people from the first game, you do side quests with them to flesh out their backstories and what are their current stories, and that's something I've always been into as well because I I prioritize characters over story over gameplay. That's what gets me into games more than anything. That's why I like Bioware games, Mass Effect, Dragon Age, and all that, and that's why I like this game because it went against the norms, added something new. It's got, like, an okay rating on Metacritic, and I'm angry at that because I think it deserves better. That's why that's I wrote good, about that's it. A, that's a good strategy. I don't know if we get factored into Metacritic. Yeah. But we don't have to because <laughs> they're the establishment. Also, for the record, that the uh, characters in Spider-Man PS4 are also fantastic. <laughs> oh, yes, that's what I hear. I mean, the Mega Man, in terms of games that I've been playing in recent times... Of course, the Mega Man uh, demo I've played over a couple of times. Uh, I've been playing Minecraft with my friend. Just sort of like, you know, it's just one of those things where we, we were like looking. We were actually looking at like modded versions of Minecraft to play. And while we were look, doing research, I looked at just like vanilla Minecraft these days. I'm like, honestly, there's a lot of stuff in here that I've never even like seen before. Why don't we just, like, playing regular Minecraft for us, people who played it back when it came out, when we were in middle school, before, the, like, the full release, like, that this would probably, I mean, I've played it on and off since then, but there's just been enough stuff added where it's like, this is basically like playing a mod that added stuff. Um, so we've just been playing regular. It's also much easier to set up a server <laughs> that way. So we've been doing that, and that's been fun. Um, I also started playing Advance Wars 2 again. I got frustrated with one of the levels in the story mode, so I stopped. And now I've come back, but instead of... I'm just playing... There's, like, challenge missions that are outside of the story mode. And I've been playing those along with, like, using the custom map feature to, like, build my own scenarios. Um, and that was fun. So that's that's sort of what I've been... That's what I've... What video games that I've been playing in times that are recent. Um... And since we have all talked about those aforementioned recently played video games, I think it might be time to wrap things up. Are you asking a question? Because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I it was it was not a, it was not a question. I was just giving people space to speak. It's important to let your other guests and not guests, the other members, the other people on the podcast. It is important that they get a chance to speak. That is you heard an it. important rule. You heard it here, folks. Everyone else on the oh. podcast that's not Joe is officially a guest. <laughs> I'm fine with that. that. Is not, that's not. I don't. It's fine. I'm sure, I'm sure they'll go over real well with Anna. 
<laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, thank you for listening to this edition of the Game Cola Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to check us out on our actual internet website, GameCola.net, where you can read news posts, review articles, other gaming-related stuff. Um, you, you heard us talk about some. Dan's got uh, an article that probably will have come out by the time this podcast goes up. Lots of stuff like that. Uh, if you like video content, we also have a YouTube channel, GC.net, the letter G, the letter C, the word dot, and the word net. Uh, where you can find playthroughs. Right now we've got uh, Valhalla, which you could listen, watch through, and see, you know, in preparation for that new released uh, Nirvana game that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, um, you can also see Danganronpa, right? Hopefully soon, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Again, th- this podcast is going to be coming out a lot later than it is being recorded, so... The future. The future. Um, but yeah, on robot. The coming year soon. two thousand. You can check that out, and also, uh, hopefully, by hopefully either before or soon after this podcast goes up, Dan's playthrough of Paul's new game, Pizza Delivery Boy, who saved the world. Woo! I will be watching that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So there's that. So you can check that out on the YouTube. Also, a tons of other videos and series that uh, have happened over the years. That we've had that YouTube channel. Um, uh, you could, if you want to find us on social media, you can do so on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Game Cola and you'll find us. If you like this podcast, be sure to tweet us about it using the hashtag hashtag the GCPC. Um, that is the podcast hashtag <laughs> that we came up with in the fairly recently. Um, if you want to ask us questions through that, you can do that. Um, and it's a, it's a good way to also share the podcast with friends. Um, speaking of questions, uh, we will sometimes take viewer questions on the podcast. So you can do that through Twitter and Facebook, or you can send us an email at podcast at gamecola.net. And we can read your questions out on the podcast and use them as discussion topics. In addition, uh, you can also find us on iTunes. If you're a fan of podcasts, I think you might be since you just listened to an entire podcast. Um, you're probably a fan. And so you can go to iTunes, search Game Cola. You can find all the episodes of this, the Game Cola podcast. You can also find our RPG cast where we take uh, video game mechanics and sort of translate them into a tabletop, uh, tabletop RPG setting. Right now we're doing Secret of Mana with myself, James, Anna, and Jetty is uh, hosting. Um, you can also find older ones where we did Final Fantasy and Crystallis. We also have uh, in the archives the uh, Hacks and Slash, our fan fiction or video game fan fiction podcast, where we re- where we read fan fiction of questionable quality and riff on it. Um, if you like these podcasts, share them with your friends. You can also rate us highly on iTunes. Unless you don't like the podcast, then you are not on iTunes. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> what podcast? Um, but rating it, rating us you? and leaving a review on iTunes really helps the podcast get spread to people, as well as, you know, just actually spreading it to people. That helps spread it to people. That's called the identity property. Like my identity as a guest on this podcast. That's not... <laughs> you, I say so many things. Like, it's so clear that I say so many things where it's just like I'm, I'm reiterating until I get to the correct thing. You can't just latch on to one of them. You gotta go with whatever I say last. That's the true thing. That's how it works. It's important you you know that. Because otherwise, I sound like a real jerk. <laughs> You're not a real jerk, Thank just a you. fake jerk. 
it's just a yeah i'm i only play a jerk on the internet um, <laughs> so thanks again for listening to this edition of the game call podcast have a lovely time of day wherever it is whenever it is that you're listening to this thanks to uh dan for coming on for the first time Yay! it's been great to have you and we hope yep. to hear you on here in future months i hope john so too. also <laughs> john also thank you for coming but it's not your first time here so you don't get as much pomp and circumstance no, you get one thank clap you for coming I'll sh- you are appreciated i'll shoot myself later you're you're a very appreciated guest on this podcast <laughs> Hopefully I'll have more videos up soon also. We will see you we'll see you next month. So goodbye everybody. Bye. Bye. Was it? Hold on. I'm, I mean, this is. This... We also played it on Game Cola. <laughs> I always forget the name of this. Hold on. I'm looking it up right now. I'll remember it as soon as I see it. This game is not important enough to remember. I'm just bad at names sometimes, okay? <laughs>